This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Ready to shine on? Today, we are going to take action. Maybe only one tiny little step. Maybe it's just a thought. Maybe it's a conversation. But the one little thing we do is going to be a positive thing that makes the world a better place. Today, we're going to learn about micro-activism, and today, you're going to craft a plan about what your small contribution to the universe will be. What are you going to do to help? Maybe it's just looking at things a little differently. Let's start here. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On on Veterans Weekend. Picture in your mind, if you would, an American veteran. Did you picture a woman? Probably not. Virginia Giordano from the Giordano Foundation is here to give us a little bit of an education. Women have been serving in the military since the American Revolution. It's just been the last 75 years when President Harry Truman actually signed into law that now we can recognize women as members of the military. But they've been in the military since the American Revolution, just without any recognition. We can't change the signage in VA facilities, obviously. They have a sign that actually is a quote from Abraham Lincoln that talks about the the men who have served. And of course, he talks about that because the Civil War was going on. But that signage is still up there. And what the foundation, the Barbara Giordano Foundation, wants to do is to add to that signage, not to, not to take it down and not to disregard it in any way, but to put up an additional sign that actually honors women veterans. And we're looking to do that through the quote that Harry Truman issued when he signed into law as I said, 75 years ago, this act. And he talks about the valiant women who served as well as the men. One of the things the foundation is doing is is we've made posters and signs of his statement, and we're giving it to as many people as we can in state government and local government to put it up in their offices so when women go in, they see it. When everybody goes in, they see it. They're reminded that women serve. Okay, Virginia, what can we, the Shine On audience, do to help? Well, I think there are a few things. I want them to know about how many women veterans actually exist in the tri-state area. There are over 200,000, and I don't think most people realize how many women veterans really have served our nation. In total, there are more than 4 million, so that's one thing. Mostly when people think of veterans, they think of men. So I want them to start to really think about the role that women have played. And then the other thing that I want them to know is that the Giordano Foundation, the Barbara Giordano Foundation, actually, our mission is to provide holistic wellness tools free of charge to the women always that will help them to transition after they leave the military. I think the other thing that I would like everybody to know is that sometimes some women have difficulty making that transition. Women have a higher amount of unemployment and homelessness than their male counterparts. So we want to give them those tools, those holistic tools to empower them so that they can move forward, so that they see their value. And what- What would you say to the women veterans who could be listening right now? You're not alone. 
come join us. There are wonderful women veterans, as I said, from all over the country who come to our workshops. But you know what? Even if you don't want to come to the workshop, you can call us. I think a lot of people believe that if you're in the military, when you come out, everything is taken care of for you and, you know, all your health care, everything is done. One of the things that I think I really want people to know is that many women veterans do not get their benefits for a number of reasons. So that is part of the reason why there is such a homeless rate and why there's such an unemployment rate and that kind of thing. So if you can go to the foundation and you can certainly support us with a donation, but also if you could support us by talking about us and talking about women veterans and honoring them, that would be fabulous too. They don't get their benefits? A lot of them don't for a number of reasons. It's complicated. A lot of the women don't have technology or not comfortable with technology, believe it or not. And the system itself is complicated. So they just don't get them. To some extent, I have to say, Casey, what happens is that uh, sometimes the women don't feel particularly welcomed at VA facilities because they've been traditionally male-dominated. I'm picturing it now, you know, being a woman veteran coming home to a country that just has quotes and statues about men everywhere Mm -hmm. in the military. That can't feel good. That can't feel like you belong. Well, that's exactly right. And yet they've done the exact same work as the men. So that's why it's about educating the public also. And that's why I so appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak to you this morning, because it, you give us that tool to, to kind of spread the word about these incredible women. That's Virginia Giordano talking about the Barbara Giordano Foundation. Visit GiordanoFoundation.org. They offer programs on Zoom across the nation. And as we think about what we're going to do to change the world, just talking about the fact that there are women veterans, just being aware of that, being aware of our language when we talk about veterans. Every little bit helps. Visit GiordanoFoundation.org. They're located in Westchester. They serve women veterans all across the nation. Hi, it's Casey. You're listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, the little podcast that grew a lovely foundation, the Let It Shine Foundation. And we're happy to say Let It Shine Foundation sponsored two women veterans to come to our last retreat. And we'll be doing that again in the future. We are living in very uneasy times. And we have 24-7 news and information access, and it is affecting our nervous systems, no doubt. Let's think about today what we can do, our little part, to bring more goodness into the world. I want you to meet author Amkari L. Williams. She's worked as both a political consultant and life coach for over 30 years with an emphasis on supporting activists who identify as introverted or highly sensitive. She's written a new book about microactivism. Amkari, I never heard of microactivism. Did you invent that word? I did. What does it mean? Microactivism literally means taking tiny, tiny steps towards making the world better, towards making the world more just, towards bringing more dignity into the world. It's that simple. It's just instead of people trying to do something huge, breaking it down into steps that are so small that not doing them seems silly. All right. So when I buy something from Amazon and I Mm -hmm. search and search and search to find that it's made in the USA and not in a sweatshop in China, is that microactivism? Yeah. 
It is actually. I mean, microactivism can be any cause you care about. So if you care that you are not supporting sweatshops and you put in the time to make sure that the per- the products you purchase are made here so you know that there are some levels of protection for the workers, etc. Yeah, that's your cause. That's microactivism. The whole world needs so much help. And what I've seen and felt lately is people saying, oh, well, whatever. You know, we're in such bad shape. What can I do? I'll just go with the flow and take the easiest route. Tell us how we can avoid that. Well, I think that one of the reasons, Casey, people feel like they just throw their hands up and figure whatever is because they do try to do too much. And it's overwhelming. But if instead of throwing your hands up and saying whatever, you say, what is one tiny micro thing that I can do today to make the world a better place? So maybe if the thing that is your big cause is hunger, and if you couldn't wave a magic wand, you could eradicate world hunger if that was your thing and you could do it that's the thing you would do but you know you can't right that's not going to happen but what you can do is you can feed one person and while that is not going to fix world hunger it's going to feed one person and doesn't that matter Mm. it certainly matters to the person you feed and so breaking things down into tiny things that we can actually do on a regular basis is essential Wow. All right. That just hit a nerve with me because um, when I'm not on the radio, I actually run a food pantry that I started. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I just started a little food pantry. And now, um, you know, we've served as many as 125 families in a day and we're open every Friday. But what I found among my wonderful volunteers is they're never satisfied with the number. They're never satisfied with the number. They're they're often saying, oh, we could we served 100 families today. Day, but we could have served 120. And, and I try to remind them that what 120 families sitting down at dinner looks like. And mm-hmm. that sometimes it's not always about doing more. It's about doing what you can, serving your neighbors well, you know, yeah. uh, serving well. So I really get that just feeding one person makes a yes. huge difference in their life. And when one enormous, enormous when one belly is full, one mind can rest a little easier and then one mind can make better decisions that are none of our business. But, you know, just doing that yeah. one thing is so much enough enough so so that that hit a nerve with me now talk to me about what you call the tyranny of go big or go home what you just were talking about is exactly what i'm talking about when i say the tyranny of go big or go home it's the we fed 100 people, but we could have fed 120, so we're not even going to really take the time to celebrate that we fed 100 families, right? That is where we get off track, I think, is that we are living in a society that is always telling us more, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. Sometimes that's not the way to do things. The way to do things is to dive deeper sometimes, not bigger, and to not minimize the value of small actions. I just feel like that constant drive to always do more actually gets in the way because it interferes with our being able to be present to the things we're doing right now and take pleasure in the connections we're building and the community we're building and in just shared humanity. 
while it's lovely to scale things up, and that is certainly a goal, I don't think it should always be the goal. I think it's important to be able to take satisfaction out of what we can accomplish so that we can stay in the work. If we're always minimizing our contribution, at some point we're going to feel like nothing I'm doing matters, and then we quit. And I don't want us to quit. Perfectly said. We're talking to Amkari L. Williams, and the book is called How You Can Make a Difference in the World Without a Bullhorn. Tell us about the Noah's Ark Rule Pick 2. Okay, so one of the things that really stymies people is they feel like there are a billion things that are wrong in the world, and I should be doing something about all of them, or if not all of them, at least 50 of them, right? And my feeling is, nope, don't go down that road. Pick one or at most two things and focus your energy there. None of us have unlimited capacity, and we are so much more powerful, so much more impactful when we are focusing our energy on the things that we are really called to do. So I encourage people to pick one or two causes that really speak to their heart and put their attention there. Now, you don't have to stick with them forever. I mean, some, you know, we grow and change and circumstances evolve. But keeping our focus more narrow allows us to expand our impact in the world. I want to ask you this, and, and I'm putting you on the spot, and I apologize, but what kind of microactivism do you do yourself? Well, I have a couple of things I do. Um, There is a food pantry in my town that I help with, so that's one thing. But, you know, since most of my work is around activism, that's the thing I do. But sometimes it's just having a conversation with one person about microactivism. Sometimes it's just acknowledging some one person's particular action that made an impact. I can give you an example. I was on the train from Boston to New York the other day, and for some reason, I was in the quiet car. I'm always in the quiet car. As the conductor is coming through collecting tickets, there was a woman who said, I don't have a ticket, which was weird, And but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the story was. And there was a guy sitting in front of me who got up and said, I was supposed to meet someone and they didn't show. I have an extra ticket here. And he gave the extra ticket to the conductor for this woman. And I was so touched by that. And that was right at the beginning of the trip. And at the end of the trip, I pulled my book out of my bag. I whispered to him because it was the quiet car and I don't want to violate the rules. I whispered to him, thank you for what you did. I would like to give you this book. And he looked at the book and he looked at the title and he said, microactivism, how you can make a difference in the world without a bullhorn? He said, that is right up my alley. And he said, also, my sister is a judge. I'm going to give her this book. I want her to connect with you. And I thought, how cool is that, right? Just human to human, having these different interactions that hopefully move people to do their little piece. And it was so satisfying. And it just, I mean, his action so touched me. It was really a beautiful moment. Yeah, we all just got chills. We love that moment, too. We love that moment, too. We're talking to Amkari L. Williams about microactivism, something she kind of invented. 
talk about the importance of collaborations? You know, we besides the go big or go home, we also live in a society that celebrates the rugged individualist, right? I mean, you know, the the person who rides in and saves the day all by themselves. But that's not real life. In real life, we work with other people. And there are good reasons for that. And certainly when you're talking about activism and you're talking about trying to change structures that are not working in support of everyone's highest good, it is so much better to do that in community rather than individually. A, the work is long and the work is challenging. And when we're working in community, we have the opportunity to support one another, to be there for one another when things are going badly and to uplift each other then. And then also to celebrate when things go well and we have an accomplishment. It is so much better in both those circumstances to not just be home alone, Mm -hmm. thinking about, oh, that went great. I wish I had someone to talk to about it. Or that went terribly. I wish I had someone to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We really Mm -hmm. do better in community. And also we spread the work by being in community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a very small team at my uh, pantry, and at the end of the day, if anyone wasn't there, you know, if someone was out, we have to discuss it. There has to be the Friday evening discussion that could go on for 45 minutes just to share all the mini miracles or the or the mini frustrations or the whatever. It's just... Exactly. Oh, such a feeling. It's so important. Yeah. And, and it's so... It's so fueling to to discuss things with people who are passionate about the same thing you're passionate about like it multiplies in your brain and in your heart it's so beautiful so beautiful it really does and it also opens up these possibilities that you might not have even thought of just by yourself because when we're in our own head we're in our own head It's getting input from other people that sparks new ideas and new ways of doing things. And that's just really a big critical piece of the whole process. There are people listening now who are saying, I want to do something. What can I do? Give us some ideas about how we can be micro activists. I would say look around and see what is needed in your community. Are there a lot of unhoused people? Maybe you can connect up with the local shelter and say to them, I have an hour a week that I can volunteer. What would be helpful to you for me to do? Or the food pantry. Or maybe you want to read to children at the library once a week or once a month and help them develop a love of books and a love of reading so that they get to understand the world behind this, you know, beyond the four walls of their particular little town, so to speak. There are so many things we can do if we just look around with the intention of saying, what's needed here that is not happening? What is the need that maybe I can help fill? It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a community garden. It could be teaching art or writing or poetry to kids. There's so many opportunities where you can match the thing that you love doing with something that people need to have in their lives. Right. So I always say start close in, start with those you have proximity to, and then work your way out from there. Yeah. My food pantry started because I heard that there were kids in the local grammar school who were coming to school without snacks. And I thought, well, that's just dumb. We can fix that, right? Right. And then COVID happened, and it took the food pantry in another direction, and I followed it. You know, I followed 
followed it. And I think when it comes to activism too, especially maybe micro-activism, it shouldn't be difficult. It shouldn't be difficult. If it's difficult, you will likely stop. And that's one reason I really encourage people to be micro, because if it's micro, then you're going to be like, oh, that's so so small in action, I feel silly not doing it. If it's a big thing and it's this big production, you're gonna you're not gonna continue. It's too much labor and effort in a time when most of us are pretty close to maxed out as it is. So small actions that accumulate do really matter. And I just encourage people to reject the idea that it has to be a big thing in order to make a difference. Think back in your own life to the tiny small things that someone has done for you, the small kindnesses that they probably don't even remember, but that you still carry with you because it mattered so much to you. Right, right, right. And it's the only thing I work hard at at my foundation is to find the simplest way to do things. Yes, yes. If it's Why simple, complicate it? Yeah, if it's simple, it will live on. Yes. If it's complicated and we need a lot of people involved in it, it's too hard to sustain. So It is unsustainable. Yeah. It is ultimately unsustainable. You talk about the joy of consistent micro-actions. What do you mean about that? I think that sometimes we forget that there is real pleasure and real joy in just doing something regularly. You know, so I'll go back to the idea of reading to kids at the library. You know, there may be a morning where you're feeling like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get out of bed and get dressed and go to the library, blah, blah, blah. But you you made the commitment and you don't want to have a bunch of little four-year-olds sitting there feeling disappointed. So you get up and you do it. And then you feel amazing because they're sitting there and they're listening to you read and the joy on their faces is just so real and present that there's no way that it doesn't rub off on you. And it's the same with any particular thing you do. I mean, there there are definitely days I don't necessarily want to do something, but when I do it, I'm always so happy that I did. And I think it's important to just acknowledge that some days we just don't feel like it, but if we do it, then we're glad. And that's true of so many things in life. I mean, I'm sure all of us can re- remember something where it's like, oh, I did not want to do that. And then you do it and you're thinking, why didn't I want to do that? That was great. All right. Where do we go for more information? Go to my website, omkariwilliams.com. Take a look around. Join the mailing list because I'm going to be making some really fun changes at the new year. I'm going to be highlighting micro-activists so there'll be stories and inspiration for you. You'll be able to hear about what other people are doing and draw inspiration from them and maybe build some community. That's Omkari. I'm Kari L. Williams, talking about micro-activism, simple, small things that are so easy to do. So what do you care about? Is it the environment or animals or senior citizens? What is something really close to home that you could do simply, easily? It may not seem like a big deal, but if we each spent a little time in micro-activism, we will make a difference. Maybe when you're out on your walk, you'll pick up some of the trash that you find on the road. Maybe your thing will be just having more patience for someone in your family. And when you do that thing, feel it. 
say, that's my contribution today. A little thing that doesn't cost you much, but it's a pebble of positivity thrown into the world. Find a thing that suits you in your community and become a micro-activist. One little simple thing, not a big production. You don't have to do it perfectly either. It may take a few different tries until you find where your thing is most needed. You'll know you found it when you get that feeling. Like that was easy, that was fun, that lifted me up. And that's the great thing about activism and micro-activism. Not only are you changing someone else's world, you're changing your own. Bam, bam. You feel better and somebody else does too. Hi, it's Casey. Resume Monday night at 6. Get details at caseysplace.com. Our thought for the day comes from Bradley Whitford, who said, infuse your life with action. Don't wait for it to happen. Make it happen. Make your own future. Make your own hope. Make your own love. And whatever your beliefs, honor your creator, not by passively waiting for grace to come down from upon high, but by doing what you can to make grace happen yourself, right now, right down here, on earth. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine on.